Hey y'all, you're listening to SOS in Oz. I'm Cheeto. I'm Christine, and today's episode we talk the Fremantle Australia Day saga and Prince Harry's new girlfriend. Also, in our topic slash minority spotlight combo segment, we delve into biracialism and biculturalism in Australia with the co-creators of the PIN website. So keep listening. Time for hot topics. So, starting off with some news about Prince Harry. Did you know that Prince mm-hmm. Harry has a new girlfriend? I think I heard about it a little bit. Yeah, no, tell me more. Yeah, so she's an actress. She um, stars in Suits, the very popular TV series Suits. And she's yeah. American. She grew up in Crenshaw, I believe. Which, uh, no for idea where that is. It's in Los Angeles, and for listeners who aren't very familiar with Los Angeles, Crenshaw is a little bit of a rough area to grow up in. So it's quite interesting that they're dating, given you know how different their socioeconomic status is. Uh, not really, because Prince Harry has always been, you know, one to dabble with the locals. Really? Yeah, no, he seems like a people's people. I know he's uh. A, a bit of a partier, but his past yeah, he, girlfriend. He seems like a genuine peop, people's people, though. Hmm. Maybe it's because he doesn't have yeah. pressure of ever being king, <laughs> so he just does whatever he wants. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I was just wondering: Do you think you could ever date a royal? Hmm. I don't know. Like. Uh, I mean, I guess for her, because she knew that he was a royal, so it would be weird. I think it would depend, like, do you know the person before or after, like? If you knew they were a royal. Oh, okay. Hmm. I, don't know, I think it would all depend on the person. Really? Because then you, it's, it's a lot of sacrifices to make, and you have to think about, are you willing to lose some of your privacy? And yeah. Like, yeah, I think the privacy thing would be a massive issue and the pressure of having to conform to certain protocols or whatever rituals or whatever it is they do. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, that has been something that Megan Markle, the new girlfriend, um, she's been experiencing some social pressure, some backlash, a lot of racist comments because she is mixed race, which was also like um, interesting Not so much because she's mixed race, but because I don't know how the queen feels about her son, well, her grandson, dating someone who's mixed race. Oh, like, you know, I reckon, like, she'll get over it. (laughs) (laughs) She has to. But it's interesting because, you know, the queen has been around for a minute, you know, like during the time when Great Britain still had a lot of colonies all around the world. So it's just... Really interesting. You know what I mean? No, I reckon she's she's had to get with the program. I mean, like, she's been around, like you said, since colonization. And now she's been around to see America having their first black president. So, I mean, 
I think if you still want to re- like maintain some favor with the people, you need to get with the program. Yeah, true story. And haven't heard too many uh, reports of her being unhappy with Harry dating Megan. So I suppose all is well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Chiro, you have an update for us on the Fremantle story. Yeah. So- yeah, you, you kind of posted this, but uh, according to the Guardian Australia, Australian News, Fremantle has moved the citizenship ceremony back to Australia Day. The 26th of January. Yeah, so for those who didn't know about what was going on with this saga, um, Fremantle had tried to move these ceremonies and celebrations for Australia Day to a different day because they wanted to be culturally sensitive because for some Indigenous people, 26th of January is seen as the day the invaders came in and is not a day of celebration and happiness. So Fremantle, you know, wanting to progress you know, decided to move it. But now because the councils had pressure from the federal government, they've now had to revert back to putting their citizenship ceremony back to Australia Day on the 26th of January. It's very sad, very disappointing on many fronts, actually, because it's, yeah, it is. you know, it's it's like... a, why not move the date so that everyone can feel happy to celebrate Australia and everything that it means to live in this wonderful country. Why not move the date? I really don't understand why we can't just all get along and see that some people are really hurt by having celebrations on a day that really marks the beginning of atrocities that happen to Indigenous Mm -hmm. Australians. I don't get it either. I think it's also unfair that the federal government can bully city councils like that. Yep. You know, in the future, it, I reckon people are going to try again. Eventually, there'll be enough pressure from people living here that we're going to move the day eventually. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I certainly do not celebrate Australia Day in the sense that I don't go mm-hmm. to barbecues or anything or any parades. I pretty much just stay at home because I don't think it's right to celebrate that. Yeah. It's 2016. We're almost in 2017. So mm-hmm. So anyway, hopefully we'll see some progress next year. Well, in 2018. I think the awareness is getting bigger or at least voices are being amplified. So it's a matter of time. It's a matter of time. That's what I say. Okay. So that's what's up. Up next. We have a very special Minority Spotlight slash Topic Combo. (laughs) Yep. Yes. So we're going to take a quick break and yeah, stay with us. So Chido and I had the opportunity to sit down with Lucy Cutting and Kechi Anele the co-creators of The Pin, a website that explores race, identity, and culture from the perspective of bicultural and biracial Australians. We had a super great time meeting with Lucy and Kitchi, and we are very excited to present you with this fantastic interview. Okay, and it's time for Minority Spotlight. And today, Chido and I are sitting with two lovely ladies, Lucy Cutting and Kitchi Anele, co-creators of The Pin. Yeah, so starting with you guys, may you tell us a bit about yourselves, like where you were born and raised, your cultural backgrounds and things that you love doing? 
Yeah, sure. I'll, yeah. I'll take it away. So this is Lucy. I was born and raised in, in country Victoria in a place called Yay. It's got about a thousand people. Mm-hmm. Um, what do I love doing? I, well, I actually do <laughs> love doing with him. I mean, <laughs> let's just be straight up. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, it kind of it fed off some interests that I already had. Like I, I loved blogging. I loved um, the idea of interviewing people and learning about people's personal stories. So that's that's probably a big thing for me, I reckon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Ketchy? My name's Ketchy. Um, I grew up in Melbourne, in Victoria. Things that I like doing. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like, I don't like doing the pin. No. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. Um, um, things I like doing. Well, actually, I think Lucy and I have a lot of shared interests, the pin being a very um, obvious one of them. And we, I'm in a band as well. I really love music and singing. So, yeah, I guess they're my main interests. And also just, like, talking to people our age um, and younger and older to kind of find out, like, what interests other people have. Mm. So the pin was really interesting because I'm very curious and, like, being very nosy. So this was a good way. (laughs) I get to be as nosy as I like. (laughs) Awesome. Well, so we've been mentioning the pin a couple of times, but could you guys tell us what the pin is and what inspired you to create it? Yeah, sure. So um, the pin is a website focused on race, culture and identity in Australia Um, and basically what we do is we have three different categories which are think, meet and express and Mm -hmm. through those ones we, I guess we explore those topics from lots of different angles so uh, we explore it through music, through art, through written content so interviews, uh, short essays about the topic as well Um, and it's lots of different opinions so people that are parents to say a biracial child or people that are biracial or bicultural themselves Mm -hmm. so that's kind of the main the the main things that we do on the site and we've really delved into new different types of content um I guess what inspired it I guess our own experience so Lucy and I are both Nigerian and Irish Australian Australian if that makes sense we can imagine it um (laughs) we met each other about four years ago yeah. now and we when we met each other we didn't actually realize that we had similar backgrounds um but it's also because we're at least on our Nigerian side from very different ethnic groups so mm-hmm. this is Hausa and I'm Ibo and throughout our friendship race culture and identity have been major topics whether it is about music or fashion or boys or, or hair, hair oh, especially yes. hair, hair. hair. <laughs> Um, and it's been, I think, like, for, uh, well, I'm hoping for both of us, it's been, like, a really nourishing friendship to have someone that you can actually talk to who gets it. Like, mm, yeah. you don't have to explain yourself to them or have to put it into, like, f- like frame out what you're about to say so that you don't offend them or they right. don't think it's a, something about them particularly. So we, um, Lucy and I... Uh, used to live together actually but Lucy moved to Tasmania and so our conversations got to really focus on race and identity because Lucy was experiencing stuff that I had experienced in Melbourne in Victoria as a kid being in a very kind of metropolitan area Um, whereas Lucy grew up in the country where 
being mm. the youngest as well, mm. everyone kind of knew about who were. Yeah, it's already happened. You yeah. didn't really get questioned as much as you did once you'd moved to Tasmania. And she's like, "Can you believe I've been asked where are you from like every day?" Every and I was day. like, "Well, that's yeah, that's mm. what happens because that's what happened to me as a kid and still is happening today." So mm. we we um talked about it a lot and found a book that was called um, Half Half, which was written by an American author who was Japanese American, but she went and got different art, um, authors and academics and people to write about their experience of biracialism, biculturalism, looking at it as parents, looking at it as a child, or looking at it as like six generations down where they don't even look like what they feel. So there was one woman who was like six foot tall, pale, red hair, freckles, but she has Chinese heritage and it's very strong in her family, mm-hmm. but the culture of that. Um, so we wanted, we tried to kind of look and see if there was something like that available in Australia. And we also wanted to find out if like other people, like what their experiences were, was what we're having unique to us. And so, yeah, we just decided, Lucy, one day I was like, let's just make something. And we kind of like, we've got <laughs> a website. Friend. Yeah, let's go to website. It's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> out my credit card. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, yeah, it's kind of like, we laugh about it because Lucy and I have the kind of friendship where like let's do something crazy we just don't question it we just do it but normally nobody finds out (laughs) so this is the first time that we're like yeah let's do something oh no people are going to see this oh my god (laughs) it is a little bit scary when you're putting yourself out on blast like that you know because you know the internet is not a friendly place which is what I've discovered because I also do some writing and you know reading people's comments they're always people trying to troll you yeah so like how do you guys have you received any type of like negative commentary I think most of the press I've seen you guys getting has been very positive but Uh, yeah we don't so basically with the site the idea is that we want to create a safe space for people to, to discuss anything that they like but we also, as a safeguard for cyber, for cyber attack, kind of or cyber bullying, there's no, um, we don't make comments an option for people mm-hmm. to comment on yeah. other people's stories mm-hmm. because how can you comment on someone's experience? Mm-hmm. Like that's their experience. Nothing you, there's nothing that you can really justifiably say to someone to say that their experience didn't exist because that's true. That's what's true to them, and that's what we wanted to create through the website. Um, we've been really lucky. We're kind of like waiting for our first death threat. We're like, <laughs> made it when someone wants to kill us. <laughs> so the only kind of minor backlash we had was around the wording. It's really sensitive to talk about race and to give labels to things. Mm. So we did have someone say, "Why? Oh, why is it just biracial people?" And it was like, whatever. Um, <laughs> because we are biracial and we want to find out. It's our project. If yeah. you want to and do I guess project, that's also the them. beauty of yeah. the internet because you have your niche places on the internet. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. can create things for minorities. And, yeah. We, we did have a little bit of a backlash um, against one particular story Peter drew. I think. Oh, is yeah. that the artist who oh, yeah, did that's different true. Yeah, the yeah. Aussie and um, what's the other one? The Real Australian Say Welcome. So yeah. mm-hmm. I guess people just kind of felt that because he wasn't actually biracial or bicultural himself mm-hmm. it's kind of um almost slight appropriation yeah or something, the but issue around it was also that we were we had promoted a white male 
promoting culture that he didn't belong to Mm -hmm. and so it was almost a thing of like you're letting someone talk on behalf of somebody else without actually getting the actual person has doesn't have a voice that was Mm -hmm. the big issue because the photo is of the is he a Camille? yeah um Um, and it's from the australian mongatan is from it's from the australian archives Mm -hmm. and the issue was like you don't know if he saw himself as australian or not um there was a lot yeah, yeah that was yeah. I guess that comes back to the label thing of you know yeah. he's taken this picture from the National Archives and labeled it Aussie and it's kind of I guess it's taking that man's identity and yeah. saying you are Australian yeah yeah so, so we had a tiny backlash but what's great about our, our working together on this is that when we do come up with that we kind of like tap in and out of conversations with people so at the end we actually offered that person a platform well he said well you've actually raised an interesting point and if you want we're happy to promote your voice if you want to be interviewed for the pin or want to like be a part of the website as well because that's we like you've you've given us feedback Mm -hmm. and got nothing so sometimes (laughs) the best way to deal with people who are very critical is to ask them to be a part of it and see like if they are genuine and really want to kind of give a voice to things that haven't been voiced as as much as they would like it's good to also give them the opportunity we like some through a few of our interviews we've had experiences where we listen to people and it's like wow I've never I don't think that way Mm -hmm. but it's it's nice to have that on the platform because there could be someone else somewhere feeling like no one thinks like them and then they see themselves reflected back so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what I like the most about the pin. It's just like there's so many different people, and you can just sort of click and you kind of feel like you're having a little conversation with them, but digitally. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, we have. Yeah. I think one of the things I love is, yeah, there's just so many different stories. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of my favorite stories that's really stood the test of time for me is the anonymous piece that we um, oh, had yeah. done by a young um, Lebanese Australian guy who's gay, and just that kind of clash of cultural values um sexuality Mm. gender you know he is he is the intersectional experience of of culture gender sexuality everything and that piece gives me shivers and makes me cry still yeah Yeah. far out when we first read it lucy read it first and sent it to me she's like i'm crying you need to read this (laughs) i was like oh my god do i want to go there but it was such a what like really that piece highlighted was how even though like realistically if we're being real about it if you're not indigenous australian you have come here from another country or like have genetics that have come here from another country at one point in your heritage Mm -hmm. um and it was really amazing to read and what continues to come out is how much respect people have for the cultures that they belong to and that piece really highlights it because he really wants to uphold his cultural values over his sexuality mm. and is okay with kind of living this kind of half-life where but also not okay but yeah. yeah but also not okay and I think that's it really highlights the struggles that a lot of people our age living in Australia even if you if you're like Lucy and I we're technically first generation on one side of our family or if you're a few generations on or even if you came here as a child or an adult and you see the 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 struggle between maintaining both cultures Mm -hmm. and and being able to sit happily within both of them at the same time 
My hairdresser, which is, yeah, anyway, uh, my hairdresser <laughs> used to talk about, she grew up in Paris and she's, her family's from Cameroon and um, she was talking about how she never fit, felt that she f- was completely French, even though she yeah. was born there because she was, she had a family who had their culture and it's not the French culture. And then when she went to Cameroon, she felt like she wasn't mm-hmm. African. She was more French. And she's like, I just don't know where to fit. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing because I thought that was a unique experience that only biracial kids have because we don't look like we belong anywhere. But it was it was a really big, like, to quote Oprah, Oprah aha moment <laughs> where you understand that it's not necessarily a unique experience to you even though it does feel that way when you're growing up Mm. and I think that's also a really valid thing that we have on the site to show people that does seem super unique but actually there's heaps of us out there going through the same experience even if we come to it through different avenues yeah Mm. yeah I would definitely say I kind of fit into that boat like I was born and raised in Zimbabwe but then I moved to the US I spent quite some time there and you know quite I guess like formative years in the US and then, you know, I came here, but it's weird because when I go back to Zimbabwe, I don't feel 100% Zimbabwean anymore. Mm. But when I'm in America, I don't feel 100% American. So it's yeah. like this where is home thing. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think even in our recent, so we've kind of delved into film as well. And Infra Jones from 1200 Techniques was saying, you know, sometimes... Um, African people question his Africanness, and he was just yeah. talking about how confronting that can be. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's definitely it's, it's come up quite a bit on the website yeah. that idea of um, you know feeling like you don't belong. Yeah. Mm. In the the many places that you feel like you're meant to belong. So mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, okay. So Christine and I have this debate a lot. So there are a lot of people like you guys included working hard in minority communities to make platforms so that we can share our experiences. So what do you think we could do to reach those who generally don't want to engage in topics such as race, culture and identity? And what do you think we could do to convince them that these issues are important and affect everyone? Yeah, I I kind of think so much of it feeds down from what our mainstream media delivers to us. So I think the responsibility really lies there quite a bit for the topics to kind of be broadcast to the mainstream and for people to actually start caring about it. But I think it's also that the opportunities to engage people when they do present those views that they feel that it doesn't matter. I think a good example is, you know, Black Lives Matter when people say, but all lives matter. And that's such a great face palm opportunity to kind of <laughs> then go on and say you know why do you feel that way and how um how do you think that it affects people so it's it's difficult though I mean for yeah. us it is so interesting how a lot of the media opportunities that we've had so the people that have interviewed us um and the radio opportunities we have had have been kind of say not considered particularly mainstream except for maybe yeah. ABC radio but then they have that you know, the cultural diversity push that they're currently doing. So mm-hmm. I think that's why that's happened. Um, yeah, so it's kind of a lot of it, I feel, is the media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I once saw this really interesting article where they talked about how when you put the um, gender issues, how far they've come since, like, from being gay or homosexual or queer seen as a completely illegal thing to now where it's celebrated it's it's a part of our mainstream culture for the most part and how especially only referring really to black rights movements because that's 
an example I can think of right now, but how that how little it's really come when you see where we're at now, like where you see the expectancy of when the big movements were happening, what they thought was going to happen, and now looking at where we are now. And this person brought up a really interesting point that in for a lot of people in families and in communities, there were they would have like the thing that was the turning point was that someone in their family would come out as being queer Mm -hmm. um whereas you don't necessarily have someone like in a white family (laughs) 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 you know and how except for that one wherever you went oh so yeah (laughs) (laughs) I'm black today (laughs) Rachel Del Bob yeah Um, and how like that's been a very big part of the movement because people empathize because it's a part of their family and I think the only way to have discussions with people is not actually to come to a come to a place to have that discussion it's actually Mm -hmm. through integrating in other areas Mm -hmm. so when you think like I've heard this so many times growing up where my one of my best friends was Chinese and she was told oh but you're like by her someone who she thought was her friend was like oh you're a good Chinese person because like I know you and you speak English well and it's that thing of like familiar I can't say that word familiarity thank you I can't say it I always want to say it but I never can Um, and it's that thing of like meeting people through other means where race and culture are not the topic of at that point and establishing a relationship and then in having that conversation later on which sounds like a really like roundabout way of doing it but it is because it need, they need to get to know you before you mm-hmm. can have that conversation because mm-hmm. up until that point you're going to make assumptions about each other that aren't true mm-hmm. and that are going to piss each other off and you go you get nowhere from that because yeah. when you watch those like Q&A or um, watch live debates where they talk about race and you look at the people that are on either side mm-hmm. they're not people that mix together they're not people that probably mix with each other, not necessarily specifically each other, but in each other's culture groups. Even if the people of colour are living in Australia, which is like a predominantly white society, mm. the people on the side that don't like multiculturalism or don't like integration or talking about race are people that generally don't actually integrate with people of colour. Yeah. So they need to be in that kind of... They need to be have that experience of being around people of colour without race and politics being in, being brought up in that mm-hmm. instance to then be able to be open up to learn about people because like not I'm not empathizing with them but if if you imagine like you're seen by society as being very privileged and then you're asked to go into a community of people who are the opposite of you and then have a conversation about it like how inti- like how I know that I would be intimidated yeah. and then be on the back foot for the whole conversation and that's not right. what you want to happen you want to have people be able to say able to be relaxed able to be empathetic to each other and have that conversation yeah that's very true i it's kind of like a carrot and stick kind of approach i guess it's just yeah. you know gent, gently introduce this other experience without freaking somebody out yeah but it makes me think of um so sometime last year i did a talk at a writers festival and it was just mm-hmm. about the where are you from question and yeah. um that was in hobart and I guess the audience just wasn't expecting it because it was a group, it was a series of talks and they were all completely different and mine was the last one to come up. And I had people come up to me at the end of the talk and kind of say, 
I have to admit, when you stepped onto the stage, the first thing I thought is, where is this girl from? And the fact that you then went on to school us on this where are you from question was really quite eye-opening. And a guy said to me, I'm actually going to go back to my workplace and talk about this because it's important that people understand how this question can affect people. Yeah. So, yeah, it's very much that Yeah, that you need to understand yeah. people's experience. Because, yeah, especially with that question, people think that we... Like they're the first person to yeah. ask us that. <laughs> <laughs> I've started just telling people that I come from a vagina. Where did you come from? <laughs> it's good um, to know where you come from, Kesh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so on that, we just wanted to find out, like, what are your future plans and aspirations for the pin? Uh, well, I guess, yeah, we've kind of stepped into video and we would love to yeah. do more film yeah. stuff. Another big thing, I guess, that we really want to engage with in the coming year is just um, having actual gatherings. So yes. we, <laughs> we, <laughs> we have one person attending. <laughs> um, so we're kind of looking into maybe having a gathering about mid-year. We were hoping to do it in Tasmania, but once again, Tasmania diversity is not a big thing there. So we'll probably do it in Melbourne, so. Yeah. yeah, and that's not because we don't want to encourage diversity in Tasmania, <laughs> but we're not the we're not really involved in groups enough to have pulling power to bring them to something, or we don't feel like we are as of yet. Mm. So we're trying to still figure that out. Yeah, we had like this get the amazing idea, but <laughs> <laughs> but what? Put it out there into the universe. Well, we kind of like the idea if we are when we do hold a pin event is to basically make the online three areas into like physical. Yeah, so we had this kind of idea of having almost a two day event of you know um, music so musicians in Australia that are, are doing amazing things but aren't really getting the platform we're hoping to do mm-hmm. something like that like poetry um, and just really like exploring the topic from different yeah. perspectives and then having like almost like a Q&A not Q&A sorry almost like um, having a panel discussion, a panel discussion yeah. and, interview- mm. and then like one off interviews with people as well and fireworks and blowups. <laughs> that sounds awesome. <laughs> but yeah, we've got a few different like variations on that because we also um, we had an amazing experience where when we interviewed Remy and Sensible Jay, we went to Enfer Jones's cafe um, and sat there with them. And I've I've met Remy and Sensible before through touring in in Australia and overseas with them. Um, it was Lucy's first time meeting them, and I remember when we were walking there, she's like, "What's it going to be like?" I'm like, "It's strangely." enough it, when you meet them you feel like the your siblings so you just like mm. click into this like start paying them out like automatically it's like don't even wait to say hi it's like what are you doing <laughs> and we ended up sitting so it was amazing we we're sitting in this cafe and uh, remy is also nigerian because we get him <laughs> and sensible jay and then having m for jones and then they brought their management team who were indian but from the uk yeah grew up in the uk so it's just like we ended up having this like massive kind of like hangout and it was such a great experience mm. to be around like to walk into a cafe and just see like 
so many faces that kind of look like you. Yeah, and, exactly. And, and that shared experience. As shared well. experience. Like we all got our food, and then we're like, we need chili. Like, we need some hot Like, and just being able to talk and um, also creating that safe space. We really want to build on that because it was mm. such a great experience. And for some people, it's like I'm having these experiences in my late twenties, and yeah. I wish I had them earlier. And it's so weird as well to have that experience later in life. And to think, hey, you know, potentially a lot of white people don't even appreciate this experience because yeah. it is just the norm. But mm-hmm. to actually step into a space where there's a lot of people who've had, mm-hmm. you know, a similar experience to you is, re- yeah, it actually is a safe yeah. space. I, I, it sounds like a cliche, but you feel it felt really comfortable. It's realising that there are some really underlying kind of anxieties that we have around just being in areas and being feeling free to be yourself mm. yeah. and so we really want to create nights where you can just have that where yeah. you just yeah. are yourself yeah and no one's questioning where you're from yeah. yeah yeah we're definitely looking forward to that are you on facebook yeah i guess yeah so um so our website is the pin.org on facebook we're the pin online and on instagram we're the pin underscore underscore yeah, so just want to take time to thank you guys again. again. Yeah. Oh, thanks for having us. Yeah. We're really oh, loving this what has you're been doing. Amazing. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, I love talking. <laughs> so we'll be doing a three hour show. <laughs> yeah, no, you guys are good talkers. <laughs>